You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit reminds us that the promise of God's rest in Hebrews 4 can be experienced if you remain faithful to Him and obedient to His Word. Well, it's really, really good to see all of you today. Welcome and good morning. We are concluding our sixth installment of our Amazing Grace series. But before I start, I'd like to share some pictures of my wife and I's travel to Manila. We left uh, four weeks ago and we arrived on the 7th of uh, February, right? So this is our picture at the airport. We stayed there for 18 days while while the volcano was erupting. Yes, and my daughter said, you choose bushfires or volcanic eruption. So we we opted for the volcanic eruption. It's more exciting. Uh, Well, it has calmed down now. One of the reasons we went to Manila was to uh, finish off my wife's dental procedures. It was funny, we were driving from the city, I told her that I think you'd rather go by yourself because it would be more expensive if we traveled together. But while we were in Northbourne, I felt a crack on my uh, wisdom tooth and my tooth just suddenly broke. It was God saying, no, you have to go with your wife. So we we went, it's cheaper to have dental procedures uh, undertaken there, so we went to uh, our, our favorite dentist. So that's Doctora Joy and Doctora Anna. They've been our dentist for more than 20 years. Katrina's dentist, our eldest daughter. And this is the first time in 20 years that they, in, they invited us over for lunch at our favorite chicken barbecue uh, restaurant. It's called JT Sinasal. Anyway, we talked about religion and we talked about faith. And that one opportunity to have lunch with them, we were able to share what salvation is all about. And they understood that salvation is by grace, through faith. And it's a great opportunity. We spent about one hour just having lunch, but it's just amazing how God uses those opportunities for us to share our faith to other people. So we we love them. They've been taking care of our, our family for the longest time. The highlight of our travel to Manila was our visit to our moms. So this is Bing's mom. She's 90 years old. And we finally were able to transition her from living by herself independently to a nursing home because she cannot take care of herself anymore. She's been into accidents uh, several times. And we were just very blessed that she said, okay, I'll, I'll go there. She is in her advanced stage of dementia, by the way, and she thinks that her daughter is her mom. So that's, that's being uh, feeding her while we were there. We literally spent our inst- entire stay in Manila uh, alternating between her mom and my mom. And I had the opportunity also to uh, take my mom out on a date for uh, quite a number of times. We went to SM and bought her a non-stick frying pan because she, she's sticking to her old frying pan where everything just sticks there. So, and we, we also had a chance to have our favorite halo-halo at SM as well. Now, 2019 was a very tough year for my wife, myself, and my family. I've been physically, I mean, we've been physically and emotionally drained and really been running empty the first few weeks of the year. And it was a good opportunity for us to reconnect to our spiritual family. Remember, we were a church plant sent from Manila, and this is our uh, senior pastor right in the middle. That's Pastor Dennis and his wife, Tammy. They'll be coming here in March. Pastor Larry and his wife, Yet, and Jason and Annie, our spiritual mentors as well. They've been here uh, a couple of times to mentor and minister to us as well. 
I just want to share three things that God made me realize and God made us understand and reminded us when he blessed us with this trip. Number one, honor your parents. We all have our own family dramas, right? And whether you're staying with your parents or you're living thousands of miles away from them, regardless of the kind of relationship you have with your parents, never forget the hands that raised you. Take every opportunity that you can to serve them, to honor them, to talk to them, and just tell them you love them. The second thing that God reminded us is that if you're married, you have to support your spouse. Regardless of the issues that you face as a couple, we've had a lot lately, you have to be there for one another, strive to be there for each other, to appreciate and to love one another. I believe that a strong marriage rarely is a marriage of two people who are strong at the same time. A strong marriage is when a husband and a wife takes turns in being there, understanding, loving, and caring for each other. When the other, in moments when the other is weak. Today we are ending our sixth part of the series, Amazing Grace, with God's inviting grace. I know that this is something that will speak to all of us here today, at, as it has powerfully spoken to me in the past few weeks, where I felt that I was restlessly struggling and striving on my own effort to do so many things all at the same time. Today's message is about God's invitation to all of us to rest. Yes, the third thing that God reminded us when we went to Manila is to understand the importance and the value of spiritual rest. And before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace that we are here today. It's not an accident that you have brought us together, Lord. We thank you for the privilege that we can be here to worship you and hear your word. Lord, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word today. Speak through your humble servant, O Lord. We pray that your word will transform us, that we will come out of this room a different person, renewed and convicted. Discover the true rest that we can find in you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our recent trip was truly one of the most awaited trips that we've ever had. Have you ever experienced that when you wake up in the morning, there are no obligations to fulfill, no to do things, to you know, manage, no people to meet, no real, real itinerary to places to go to and people to meet. That was, that was our vacation. It was something that we've never had for a long, long time. Ordinarily, it seems that nearly all of us Nearly every waking moment, for most of us, is filled with tasks to perform, duties to make, problems to solve, people to talk to, deadlines to meet. We live in a culture that makes us believe and understand that the busier we are, the more productive you are. Have you ever felt like you're not productive when you're just watching TV or sitting? Because we live in a culture that says you are productive if you're busy. 
Even in church, if we think that the more we do ministry, the more we find favor and the more we show that we are committed to God. Every day we hear people complain that there's just too much work to do and so little time. So we end up living in a frantic lifestyle where we are always bound by deadlines, bound by stress and things that we have to finish. What does your weekend look like? For some of you, it might be a pile of clothes that you have to laundry, right? Houses to clean, things to put away, um, lawns to mow, repairs that needs to be done, or you know, a car that needs to be cleaned. And the list goes on and on and on. So we all look forward to the time where we could just rest and just relax. Now, what is rest? Most of us would equate rest with the feeling we get after a good night or eight hours of complete sleep, probably after a good once-in-a-blue-moon afternoon nap, or a time away from work, or a vacation, a month-long vacation where you just spend nothing, doing just nothing. We all want rest, and we all need rest. You know, Bing and I had a good time to just physically rest. But we all know that even if you're physically rested, you can still be restless here because your thoughts are filled with so many things. You're restless here because you have so many emotions that you're trying to understand and process. You're restless in your soul. But the rest that God wants to give us is not just physical rest. And this is something more deeper and more profound than that. And as we read this rest that God promises in Hebrews chapter 4, this one is from the message version. For as long then as that the promise of resting in Him pulls us onto God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we are not disqualified. This verse tells us about a promise. What is this promise? A promise of what? This verse tells us a promise of resting in God. And this rest is not something that he just suggests. This rest is something that he has promised. It says it pulls us on to God's goal for us. The rest is God's goal for us. This is God's purpose for our lives. But it says here we need to be careful that we are not disqualified from this rest. We receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness. We're talking about the Israelites. They had received the promise of rest. But the promises didn't do them a bit of good. Why? Because they did not receive the promise with faith. Even if God promised them rest, it didn't do them any good. Why? because they did not receive the promise with faith. So this tells us that we will only experience this rest that God is promising to give us if we receive it in faith. It says here, if we believe, we'll experience that state of resting, but not if you don't have faith. God has shown the Israelites how faithful He is, Many times, over and over again. But they still complained. They still rebelled in disbelief and disobedience. Remember that God said 
exasperated. He was exasperated with his Israelites. I vowed they will never get where they are going, never be able to sit down and rest. True enough, many of the Israelites died in the wilderness and never saw the promised land. God made that vow even though he had finished his part before the foundation of the world. Somewhere it is written, God rested the seventh day, having completed his work. God was making a statement here. But in, his, uh, in this other text, he says, they'll never be able to sit down and rest. Now, let's pause for a moment and think about this for a while. The creator of the universe and everything in it made time to rest. God doesn't get tired. He didn't have to rest. So why did he choose to rest? God was making a statement by resting on the seventh day. He rested because he wanted to set an example for all of us to follow. The reason why the Israelites never found God's promise of rest is because they were disobedient. It says here in this verse, so this promise has not yet been fulfilled. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. They were living in sin. Now, next, this, this next verse is really interesting. And I love this verse because it says, God keeps renewing the promise. Even if they continually disobeyed and lived their lives in disbelief, God keeps renewing the promise. And setting the date as today, just as he did in David's psalm centuries later than the original invitation, today, please listen, don't turn a deaf ear. And setting the date as today, this promise, is this invitation for rest, it's not just for the Israelites, not just for the people during the time of Moses or Joshua or David. This rest is for us and is still active today. Today tells us of the urgency regarding the offer of rest. We must seize it today before it's too late. As the Israelites, many of them, miss this promise. Verses 8 to 11, it says, And so this is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for today. Even if many during the time of Moses, Joshua, and David missed, turned their backs on God in disobedience and missed this promise, His promise still remains active. And He would keep renewing this promise in every generation, today, God's invitation summons us to this promise of rest. God is inviting you to rest. And there is certainty in this rest that he is talking about because this rest is a promise. This is a promise. It's a promise that you can receive in faith and obedience. It says here, the promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people, not just the people during that time, but for us today. 
for all of God's people who love and obey Him. God Himself is at rest, and at the end of the journey, you will surely rest with God. Following His work of creation, God entered rest, and the Scripture implies that He's been resting ever since. It says God Himself is at rest, and you, are, you and I are invited to this rest all the time in every situation that we have. So the question is, how do we arrive at this place of rest? The Hebrew word for rest means to be quiet. And the Greek word for rest means cessation, stop working, to be refreshed. And this is the same word that Jesus used when he said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened and I will give you rest. Jesus is and will always be our source of rest. But we need to go to him in this place of rest. Jesus said, come to me. It's an invitation. There is an effort on our part to walk towards Jesus and receive this promise of rest. What Jesus, I realized, is offering us is not just rest from work. True enough, God will bless you and give you the provision to take a vacation, enjoy your time off with your family, but the promise of rest is not just rest from work. What Jesus is saying, I will give you rest in work. I will not just give you rest from activity, I will give you rest in the middle of your activity. The rest that God gives it's a rest that heals your soul. It's a rest that calms your fear. It is a profound peace that you cannot explain, that you have in your soul, regardless of the circumstance that you're in. And it's the kind of peace that allows you to be in a state of rest, regardless of your situation. The message today is very simple. As we have read in the scripture, the good news is the offer of God's rest still remains today. But the danger of failing to get into that rest still remains today as well. When Jesus said, come to me, what he is saying is stop striving doing things on your own. You don't have to labor anymore to please me. He's saying, let me have your hand. Jesus is reaching out to you. He's telling you, trust me in your circumstance. I know what you're going through. I've been there and I've suffered just as you have suffered. When Jesus says, come to me, He's saying, you just have to have faith in me. Believe and start abiding. What he is asking from us is a complete surrender to his will and complete obedience to his word. We will only find this rest if we stop trusting ourselves and start trusting God. 
The warning of today's message is as clear as we read it in Hebrews. We do not want to be disqualified and not receive the promise of rest because of lack of faith. We do not want to lose this promise of rest because we are living in sin and we are living in disobedience. I have been restless for many reasons. I'll make a confession to you. We run a small business. We run a small cafe. Before we left for Manila, my accountant sent me the business activity statement for the year, for the second quarter. It's about $16,000. And while we were in Manila, I got a letter from GIO Insurance for the workers' compensation for an amount of $15,000. The thing that I understood when we put up a business in Australia is it's difficult to run a business in Australia. I'd rather work as an employee than operate a business. Kmart in Melbourne is closing. A lot of businesses and retail outlets have been affected by the global coronavirus crisis, right? If you have $30,000 to pay and you only have $5,000 in your bank account, what do you do? I was restless. I didn't know what to do. I've been restless many times in my life. And I'm sure you have been too. And maybe there are some of you are still struggling right at this very moment to find that peace in your heart, that quiet calm in your life. God is asking each and every one of you today, why are you restless? And sometimes you wonder why God you said in your word, there's a promise of rest. I cannot find it. I've been searching, searching for it all my life. I haven't experienced that rest. And I was able to, as I was writing this message, I wrote down some of the things that I believe hinder us from experiencing this rest in God. And by all means, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm sure you could add to it. Maybe you're not at rest because you have unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe there's this person who's done you wrong. They haven't forgiven. You're living your life as if you're like, okay, but you will be restless because you do not have forgiveness in your heart. Maybe you resent someone or harbor bitterness towards this person. You will never find rest. Maybe you are restless because you're living in a relationship that is dishonoring to God. And sometimes you will never be at rest when you allow yourself to be defined by how others feel and think about you. A lot of us feel bad when people hate us, when people don't like us. We are defined by how they feel about us and what they think about us. You will be restless. You will never be in a place of rest if your happiness is dependent and based upon how you compare yourself with others. Just looking at your Instagram feed or your Facebook posts, people post the highlights of their life and you compare yourself with that person going on vacations and trips, driving a new car. You will be restless if your life is based and your happiness is dependent on how you compare yourself with others. 
you will find rest if you worry about money all the time. Because that is saying that, God, I do not trust that you can provide for me. God, I am worried about money because I don't think you can provide for my needs. I've been restless many times in my life. And I'm sure you have been too. And maybe there are some of you are still struggling right at this very moment to find that peace in your heart, that quiet calm in your life. God is asking each and every one of you today, why are you restless? And sometimes you wonder why, God, you said in your word there's a promise of rest. I called the ATO, they have a payment plan. I can pay for that amount in three months. I called the insurance, they said, we'll convert your payment into a monthly payment. God did not take away the debt. He wouldn't, but He would give you the grace. He would give you the opportunity. He would give you the capability to produce wealth, to pay for that debt. But you have to trust Him. You have to trust Him. This is the reason why the Bible says it, take, it takes faith to receive and experience the rest that God is promising us. You know, you will never find rest if you think that your future depends not on what can, God can do through you, but on how you are able to achieve things on your own. You might have three doctorate degrees, or you could be the best computer programmer or the best athlete or whatever. But if your future depends on your ability to make it and be it, you will be restless. You will never be at rest if your life is defined by how much money you make. Look at the people around you. They're driven by work. They exchange time for money. I'm not saying that's bad, but if your world revolves around making money and making money, you will be restless because you will never have enough and you will never be content with what you have, even if you have everything in the world. You're restless because you worry about the small details in your life. I worry about this, I worry about that, the coronavirus, you know, all this pollution in the air. We worry about a lot of things. We are restless because we put the facts of life before our faith in Jesus. It's always the facts that affect you first before you think about, oh, there's God in my life. He will take care of me. Sometimes because of little faith, we challenge Jesus with the facts of our life. Lord, can you really handle this? I had 30,000 in debt and I have only 5,000. Can you? Can you really do it? Because of our little faith, we challenge God with our facts. We are not at peace because we are living according to our decisions and not according to God's will. Today, God's in inviting grace is right before each and every one of us. There is nothing that we can do that can ever come close to the rest that God is offering us. The question is, are you willing to receive this rest in faith? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, So let's walk right up to Jesus and get what He is ready to give. 
Take the mercy and accept the help. Whatever it is that you are restless about, whatever it is that you are worried about or afraid of, the peace that would get you through this can only be found not in anything, not in anyone, but in God alone. As the psalmist says, my soul finds rest in God alone. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for reminding us that for the longest time, we have been living our life depending on our own strength. Lord, we come to you today in all humility. Lord, we accept the promise of rest, the promise of peace that transcends all understanding. Lord, we receive it in faith. Lord, help us not to strive on our own and put our trust in you and you alone. And Father, we pray that we would be able to abide, that your word would be lamp to our feet, that we will keep your words in our hearts as a treasure. Lord, thank you for your grace, your justifying grace, your sanctifying grace, your abounding grace, your sufficient grace, your inviting grace. Lord, we are weary and tired, and we come to you as you have invited us. Because your burden is light and your yoke is easy. Thank you, Jesus, for the rest that we can only find in you. Help us to experience and live this rest in work, in activity, in every area in every challenge, in every circumstance of our life. We give you the honor, the praise, and the glory that you and you alone deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.